Let's get out our Bibles this morning and let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's pray. Father, thank you now for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you for your grace that's sufficient for us. We believe that even now you're opening our eyes, opening our ears, our hearts to receive the word of God, understanding of truth that makes us free, the revelation of you and all you say and all you do. We thank you for speaking to our hearts and our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to begin a new series of messages today called I Choose. And, uh, and I want to start here in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. 30, 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. It is the will of God that you live. Can you see that from the word here? It's the will of God that you live and your kids live and their kids live. Amen. God wants us to have us a long, fruitful, productive, glorifying God life. All right. Uh, it's His purpose and plan that we have life. But in order for me to live and my kids live, there are two components I need to be in play. One is life. The other is blessing. Right. He showed us here. That if we would choose life and blessing, we would live. And our descendants would live. But also on the table, of course, is death and cursing. Now, understand when I use this, this language today, when I talk about cursing, don't think uh, like, of a, like a witch or something. <laughs> don't think a spell. <laughs> All right, let's think of it in the biblical sense. All right. Uh, the reality of death and cursing in the earth has no bearing on the fact that God wants me to experience life and blessing. You may know people. You may be in the middle of the thick of a bunch of junk right now. But that does not have anything to do with the truth of the fact that God wants you to live. By experiencing His life and blessing in your life. I'm not going to make someone who failed the object of my gaze. I'm not going to think about someone I know that didn't get it. Or didn't make it. Or didn't succeed. Or got just run over by life and make them the focal point of my faith. No, I am going to look directly at the promise of God, at Jesus Himself, and make that my vision. Make that where I'm going, lest I fall short by following someone else too close. Now, I'm thankful for godly examples, and we do learn one from another, most certainly, but we also have to realize that in all of us, there are shortcomings, and there, uh, there, there's a lack of, uh, of doing everything perfectly. All right. So we look to the standard. 
It's the Word of God. It's the promise of God. That's what I want to continue. But if I know of a lot of destruction and heartache and failure and, and, and junk around me, that has no bearing on the fact that God still wants me to achieve His highest and best. And that is a life full of life and a life full of blessing. That's how I'll live and my descendants will live. Everybody with me so far? Okay. Uh, the, death, many of you know this, but when we talk about death and cursing, that can manifest many different ways. We don't want to just think of death in the sense of, well, you're either breathing or you bought the farm, right? No, death works incrementally in people's lives. Someone can be alive physically. They can even be alive spiritually. But still, death manifests in things like sickness and disease. It manifests in things like like lack and poverty it manifests in in things like uh, mental despair and depression a darkness it, it, it manifests in fear many people live in fear that's simply death working uh, conflict people have a lot of conflict in their lives and their relationships that are just always at odds you understand that's not the life of God working that's not the blessing of God in your life that's just the opposite Okay, it's a curse, it's death working in your life. Uh, when people are unfruitful, they can, they're never able to get something done, whatever they put their hand to just kind of falls apart. When people uh, experience despair, they lack hope. See, those are all manifestations of death working in people. And, and, and this is what the Lord placed before us where I can choose that or I can choose life and blessing. This is a powerful truth. And uh, did God, just for example, if we were to analyze this, did He place life and blessing before a person who has, let's say, a history or their, their family history of certain problems, say, heart disease? If you have a family, a history of people having heart problems, is life and death presented as an option for you? Or is it, well, you know, some people are born with this and they've got these conditions and so that's not really not on the table. No, that wasn't qualified with that, was it? it let's say someone grew up in a, a dysfunctional, broken, disastrous home. Let's say their upbringing was just a major problem to their advancement through life and being successful. Is that person still, uh, uh, do, they, do they have access to life and blessing? Or anything else we could think of. Are we writing anybody off here? Do we take some people out of this equation and say, well, you know what, God placed before us, but you, you're going to have to stick with death and cursing. Because, you know, there's some things that you just can't change. No, I don't believe there are just some things that we can't change. Hmm? Doesn't the scripture tell us that what can be seen can be changed? Over in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, if you can see it, it can change. I'm paraphrasing that, but you know that verse, right? And so uh, everyone qualifies for these things. And uh, uh, if God told me to choose life and blessing, think about it now. If he told me, now it is up to me whether I have life and blessing in my life or not. 
And I want you to consider these things because I am definitely going to challenge some thinking, some traditional thinking. And uh, you are not allowed to write it off before you think about it. We'll not let you leave. <laughs> you must give place to these, to these thought processes and examine if what I'm saying is, is truthful according to the Word of God. Because I guarantee you some of what I'm saying is going to challenge some thinking. All right. Stay with me, though. We're all on the same side, all on the same team. Okay. If God placed life and death, blessing and cursing before me and said, you choose, then that puts it in my hand. If I'm experiencing life and death, or let's see, life and blessing, I chose it. If I'm experiencing death and cursing, hold on now, I chose it. And I want you to hold on to that, that premise, even though it may raise questions in your mind as to what I'm saying and, and, and what is really uh, being expressed here. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, you know, I chose life, but it's not working. I chose life, but I still got death. Romans chapter 3 says, let God be true, and every man a liar. So I'm not going with that. If you tell me convincingly, if you tell me I don't understand any other way, I'm not accepting it. And I would encourage you not to accept it either. Because if you accept that premise, it will cripple you going forward. If I believe about my life that things just happen, and I say things, junk, death, curse. If I believe that I can just walk with the Lord and I'm just living my life and uh, I'm walking by faith and following Him and I can just be blindsided and my life can just be thrashed without me giving any consent without me giving any place or any choice in the matter, then how many know my faith is completely undermined from here going forward? If my belief and my theology really says, well, you never really know what's going to happen. You could just be going along your way and wham! You can just be hit upside the head and your life as you knew it is going to change for the worse for the rest of your life and there's nothing you can do about it. How many know a lot of people think that? They think it is a lot so much, it's just chance, and there's nothing you can do to avoid it. It, it's, it just happens to you. People have bumper stickers. They'll advertise the fact that junk just happens to them. To say it kindly. But again, many people believe that death and junk just comes. It just happened to them. Had nothing to do with choice. It had nothing to do with the decisions they made. And uh, this, this mindset is basically that you can do everything right and still get crippled by things completely out of your control. But I want to ask, how can I believe that God is my protection? He is my provision. That God is uh, he's watching out for my well-being. He, he's, he's my supplier in life. And yet at the same time, because most of us, if we ask that, we would say, yes, that's true. I can give you scriptures. Most of us can. We can give scriptures of God's amazing promises for our lives. But yet at the same time, in, right next to that, also hold this mindset 
that, well, you never know. Oh, I believe God. I believe I've got the victory. I've overcome through Jesus. But you never know what's really going to happen. You see, a lot of people try to maintain both of those beliefs. In the back of their mind, they just, they just think, well, I could just get wiped out. I could just get slapped upside the head with a bunch of curses, a bunch of death. And, you know, you just don't really know what's going to happen to you in life. Maybe because if it's an experience they had and they don't understand. Or maybe it's someone they knew and they thought, well, why did that happen? And because of their lack of understanding of why it happened, they draw conclusions that you really just can't ever be sure that it's not going to happen. I resist that thinking. I choose not to believe that because if I believe that, not only is it contrary to this verse and many others, I then take a passive position in life where life will run over me and I don't really, can't ever really know why or how to, how to avoid bad stuff. Okay, I hope it got you thinking so far. You got thinking? No one's dismissed this yet, have they? Okay, good. (laughs) Does bad stuff just happen or do I choose life or death? Do I really choose it? Uh, Again, you may not know all the answers right now to explain everything that you know and have seen, but we must accept this premise, otherwise we're we're toast (laughs) moving forward. Listen, there are uh, some extreme beliefs that we've got to avoid in order to move forward in this. All right. You, you understand that what you believe in life directs everything that you do? What you believe about people, what you believe about the Lord, about your future, about your past, just what you believe is so vital. That, that's why it's, it, it's, uh, it's concerning at times for those of us uh, uh, who you know, serve the Lord as pastors and stuff to, to see people make decisions about what they listen to about where they go to church all these things strictly based on natural stuff you know the the music or and then that's that's important i mean we got good music right <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying that's not that's not the the pinnacle of it they, they make decisions about these things about church and what they who they listen to on so many natural levels without exalting the most important thing and that's this If I sit there regularly, if I go to church there and listen to this week after week after week, what am I going to believe? Because the answer to that question can determine so much of how much blessing and life a person has in their life or how much cursing and death. It's really important because what you believe is the key to everything. And so uh, there's a... There's a belief, there's a theology that is detrimental to where we're going here. And so I've got to flush this down the toilet real quick. All right. It is an extreme sovereignty of God doctrine. You ever hear, sometimes we use that language that God is sovereign. Well, when you take that too far to the extreme, it kind of looks like this. All right. It, it, it looks like uh, God controls everything. He's almost like the puppet master. He dictates everything that happens in the earth. He decides who gets saved and who doesn't. Who gets healed, who, gets, who stays sick. Who de- he decides who's rich and who's poor, who's happy, who's not. He, he arranges all the marriages. He, he basically 
He does everything. That, that's where that line of thinking goes when someone understands or views God as the all-controller. Okay, And they've taken that sovereignty of God message too far. It actually ends up in many lost people not coming to the Lord. It does. I, I don't know if, if you ever have heard these discussions or had these discussions or this is your line of thinking, but I, I've seen it on TV many times in interviews, and it just sometimes makes me want to uh, scream, uh, <laughs> jump into the TV and say, Ask me. <laughs> I'm available for an interview. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but it keeps people out of the kingdom because you get Christians like us and, uh, and some oftentimes, you know, leaders, uh, and they'll say God is good all the time. In every situation, God is a good God. And God is sovereign. Meaning, in their definition, He controls all. Because he's all-powerful, he can do anything. He's a good God, yet controls everything. And so you've got any rationally thinking person thinking about earthquakes in Haiti, thinking about uh, hurricanes in New Orleans. <laughs> you've got them thinking about terrorist attacks, let alone all the stuff that's on a smaller level, a, ch- a child dying, you know, someone being ravaged with a disease, just... Uh, just so much tragedy and rape and murder and all kinds of junk going on in the world today, yet God is all good all the time, and he's controlling everything. You see how that's, that's crazy? And, and it keeps some people out of the kingdom of God because they look at Christian leaders and say, you're off your rocker. You explain, I mean, the best way it can be explained is, well, you just don't know. God and His sovereignty, we just have to trust Him that He's working it out. No, God gave me a book. Thank God He gave me a book so I can understand Him. And I can understand His ways, that He's not the author of of all these curses and this death. It's before us because we live in a fallen world, but we're supposed to choose. Someone said, but I... Can we really choose those things? You have to accept that premise. You have to believe a verse like this. Otherwise, it messes up all the other verses. It messes up every prayer verse. It messes up every obedience verse. Because in reality, you didn't choose anything. I mean, if really God is calling all these shots, I think I accepted the Lord because, you know, you know, he, he drew me first. He's always the beginning. But I responded to him. But in reality, I didn't have a choice. Hmm. I got an answer to prayer, but, you know, I didn't even have to pray what happened anyway. Because God was running the show. And it, 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 anyway, I won't go too far, too much further with that, but that kind of belief system flies in the face of so much of God's Word, and we must get it out. Let's go over to 1 John chapter 5. Sometimes people wonder... And you may think, okay, I'm with you on this choosing life and death, but I'm not sure of your definition that life is like blessing and life is healing and and, uh, your needs met and joy and peace and all this stuff, you know, and death is sickness and poverty and all those other descriptions you gave it. I'm not sure if that's the case. Well, you don't have to take my word for it. You can actually look at the Scripture. 
Again, I try to, best of my ability, I try to look at the Bible to give me my definitions. And when the Bible says life and blessing, death and cursing, all you have to do is back up two chapters from where we started into Deuteronomy 28. You'll have a big long list of things that God calls blessing and things that he calls a curse. Okay? And so if you don't understand it, read what God means and you'll find out that a lot of things today, what people call a blessing in disguise, you know, I, I broke my knee, but some good came out of it, and uh, so I'm going to call that a blessing. No, don't do that. Now, you can believe that in a bad situation that as you look to the Lord, he helped you to turn that thing around and, and brought some good stuff out of it if he was allowed to intervene, but no sickness is ever a, ble- a blessing. It's really not. And we've got to have a Bible definition for these words, not just a modern-day church definition. Okay. Now, 1 John chapter 5, 1 John 5 and verse 19, it says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the Lord. Is that what that verse said? No, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, the evil one. The the, the New International Version says it this way. Some of you may have it. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Isn't that pretty clear? Doesn't that kind of fly in the face of God's in control of everything? The scripture actually says just the opposite of what, what most Christians say. Isn't that amazing? We say God's controlling it. No, he's not. And it creates a passive nature to people as they approach the struggles and and things that they deal with in life. They're going against something. Well, I just put it in the hands of the Lord. It's not in his hands. It really isn't. It's in your hands. Choose life or death. Because there is an evil one, a wicked one called the God of this world who is running things down here. Doesn't mean he has to run your life or my life, and hopefully he's not, right? As we give our lives and submit ourselves to the Lord. But you can see this world is severely messed up, and there is an evil one who is running things, okay? And that day is not going to be forever. His day is coming to an end. Adam's lease is running out, and that... Jerk's going to be thrown into the pit, bound up with a chain for a thousand years. (laughs) Oh, happy day. (laughs) But in the meantime, we need to understand what comes from the Lord, what doesn't. When we talk about sovereignty, understand that this word simply means uh, that God is supreme. He is the highest ranking authority. So do you believe God is a sovereign God? Absolutely, by that definition. But when people stretch it too far, all of a sudden he's not only the supreme highest ranking authority, he's running everything. He's making all the decisions and controlling everything. But yet he told me that I should choose. He said, I set before you. I sovereignly set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I'm putting them before you. You can choose which one you operate in life. You can choose whether you have blessing or cursing functioning in your life. We should never 
be afraid to admit fault. I don't want to live with any kind of sin consciousness or feeling like there's something wrong with me because I'm, I'm saved. You know, I'm, I've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. But I should never take an approach to life where I am afraid of admitting that I've done something wrong or that I have failed. Because when I do that, I separate myself from the Lord lifting me out of that problem. I don't want to take a proud stance that says, well, you know, I got this junk, got these problems in my life, but I didn't choose it. I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't make any kind of, basically, maintaining our own righteousness in the face of whatever's happening. Nope, I'm right. I didn't do anything wrong. Sounds like Job. All right, I didn't, I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. That removes me from the Lord lifting me out. Everybody with me, I understand what I'm saying. The beginning of victory is the acknowledgement that I may have made wrong choices. Even if we don't know what they are off the top of our head. You may have things in your life that were junk that were definitely in the death and curse category. And you may not understand. You may not know why in the world this happened. But I do not want to remove uh, myself from the possibility that I made a choice somewhere that actually resulted in that. And if someone thinks, well, you can't say that, I have to say that. If I don't, I've got to go back to this other idea, well, junk just happens. Has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with any decision I made, has nothing to do with anything I believe. It just happens, and there's, there's no control I have. Again, if I take that belief and let that guide my life, I become a passive person. All I am is dust in the wind. All I am is just being blown around through life. There's nothing I can do. I can't help it. I must accept the premise of God's Word that I choose things. That I make decisions, they result in life or death. God has placed them before me. It's kind of like, uh, uh, has anybody ever flown? Anybody ever flown? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Who could demonstrate for us in here? <laughs> can, you, can you really fly? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Had quite a few people. It's an amazing story here. But how many know you didn't really fly? You rode, right? People don't fly. Airplanes fly. I mean, they have to be flown, you know, controlled, but it's actually the, the way the airplane was built that causes, you know, the air to lift that thing, you know, and they got a propeller or jets or something that's driving them through the air and causing that forward motion. The airplane flies, but you don't fly. You know how you can tell? <laughs> the moment you get out of the airplane, <laughs> there's a big change. <laughs> the airplane still flies, and you go down. All right? And see, this is what I always need to be mindful of. Okay? By myself, I don't fly. In Christ, I do. In Christ, I'm washed and perfected and made holy and right, and I'm forever uh, sanctified by Him. In myself, no. I do not want to remove myself 
from the equation of my life and act like my decisions and choices are irrelevant to what I experience. I'm in a position where I acknowledge that even sometimes if I don't know exactly what it is, I may have chosen wrong. I may have made the wrong decision. I may have even inadvertently chosen death, not even fully realizing the ramifications of my choice. Just, you know, a side note, do you think possibly that Adam, when he took that fruit from his wife and ate of the tree, the forbidden tree, do you think he really knew the ramifications of what would happen to the human race? No. But did his decision have a dramatic impact on the rest of us? Absolutely. God has always worked this way. He puts before people life and death. Blessing and cursing. And so I want to always have the mindset that in Christ, yeah, man, I am powerful, I am I'm strong, I am capable, but that's because I'm in the airplane. If I step out, no, I'm not. And I can blow it and make mistakes. And we listen, positionally I know when you receive the Lord you're in Christ and you never come out, but sometimes we make decisions outside of Him. And that's where I cannot be uh I cannot take a position where I'm afraid to admit I blew it, I made a mistake, I did wrong. No, no, no. That is the way I access His power and grace. If I say, wasn't me, I maintain my righteousness, I've never done anything wrong, and I resist the, the possibility that my bad outcome was a result of something that I didn't see or didn't know or, or, or I'd, I'd made the wrong choice, then I remove myself from the possibility of God's grace coming in and rescuing me. And turning the situation around. Vital, vital that we do this, okay? And uh, so we should not be afraid to admit fault. Some Christians now, we've talked about how, how people kind of have that mindset, that belief, you know, junk just happens, bad stuff just kind of happens, just kind of never know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Christians now, we've learned a little bit better. And so uh, they, we believe sometimes, I say we, that's not me, but... <laughs> We sometimes believe that when we do the right thing, when we make a choice to obey God, that when we do that, all kinds of junk then springs up in our life. Many times people believe, you know, I've heard people tell me, oh yeah, whenever I start reading my Bible, whenever I start getting in church again regularly, all hell breaks loose. And they've developed this belief, this theology that when you do something right, when you go the, uh, take that extra step and trust God, that now everything's going to fall apart in your life as a result of your choice. Really? Do we really want to have faith in bad stuff happening? Did the Lord tell us, I set before you life and death and blessing and cursing. Choose life, choose blessing, and you'll get death. Choose the right thing and you're going to get a curse in your life. Is that what the scripture said? But it's amazing how many people believe that. If I choose the right thing, then everything's going to fall apart. And maybe they know better than saying God did it. So they say, whenever I obey God, the devil attacks me. Well, I don't doubt that obeying God stirs up the devil to try to get people to stop obeying God. However... The devil's a liar, 
<laughs> he's a loser. He's been defeated. Come on now. He's been knocked off his throne. The Bible said Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. The, the, the devil's power has been removed. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? And so if I make a decision to do right, I have more faith in the power of God's life and blessing than I do in the devil's death and cursing. Someone said, you take a step to do what's right and all kind of hell is going to break loose around you. I don't care. It can't touch me. I believe God that His favor and His blessing is stronger than any curse or death around me. That's a choice I've made to believe that. What do you choose? What do you choose to believe? You can believe the way, you know, maybe you have in the past or believe the Word. Oh, I tell you, it just changes our outlook on life, doesn't it? I just believe that good things happen to me. I don't believe that junk just comes along and slaps me upside the head at, with no, no permission. No, no, I just believe that favor does. I believe that good things happen to me. Probably some good things are going to happen to me this afternoon. Say what? I don't know. It's just good stuff. I choose it. God loves me. His favor's on me. Amen. I'd probably be blessed. Probably feel stronger than I did yesterday. Happier. <laughs> probably run into some good opportunities. Probably tomorrow too. You know, it's probably you know, probably on Tuesday. Probably have that happen Tuesday too. Wednesday. I think Wednesday's going to be a great day. Why? I choose life. I choose blessing. And I actually think it's up to me. The gall. Oh, the audacity. You think you can just choose that? You think it's just up to you? I do. I choose to believe that. I choose the truth that I can choose these things. The fact that someone doesn't think that what they choose has anything to do with it, that only proves that you can. Have you ever heard someone say, uh, well, you don't want to say that because you'll jinx yourself. <laughs> I mean, you hear even Christians sometimes say, you know, uh, you know, maybe the, you, you know, the flus are going around or something, the swine flu or whatever, and uh, someone will say, well, I'm never going to get the swine flu. So uh, someone else says, oh, you don't want to say that. You can, you know, or I'm never, I'm not going to get, I'm never going to get in a car accident. Oh, don't say that. You can jinx yourself. It's amazing what people believe. Where did you get that? That's not a Bible verse. That if you say one thing, you get the opposite. If anything, the Bible teaches us, you have what you say. You don't have what you don't say. I choose life and get death. No, that's just illogical. And why would God do that to us? Is he just messing with our minds, just playing games with our lives? Choose this and you'll get the opposite. No. It's in our culture these days to blame someone for everything it's kind of a no responsibility it's not my fault it's not my job it's not my responsibility and that permeates our society I don't know if you've ever been to a place of business maybe a restaurant uh, something and you pointed out to someone hey uh, you know you guys have a problem over here or you're out of this over here and someone responds to you and says oh that's not in my department <laughs> and you think serious <laughs> I don't care whose department it is isn't this your store 
You know, isn't this your, your place? Or maybe you've been to a restaurant and they, your order came out wrong or something, and they, said, and they blamed it on the cooks. Why? Because they're hidden back there. And they don't, how many of you don't really care whose fault it was? But people have been trained to, to, I don't want to take any blame. I don't want to take any responsibility for things in life. You see it in government all day long, don't you? I mean, isn't that kind of the, the way that it works? Everyone's always blamed. Every party blames the other party. Every administration blames the previous administration. It's just, it's just constantly, it's this person's fault, this person's fault, this person's fault. Well, I don't care. I'm just a citizen. Just fix it. Oh, wouldn't that be a better approach? Instead of just blaming everybody else for why things are wrong, actually fix something. There's an idea. But, but again, uh, I'm talking about our personal lives here now. I don't want to take the approach to my life where I have no responsibility for the things that have happened. Where I remove myself from the equation simply saying, I don't know. I don't know why it's happened. Many in church, they get to the place where they blame it on the Lord. Well, you just never know. God in His sovereignty did this. And then those who have learned differently, we blame the devil. <laughs> it's the devil's fault. But how many know, and though I'm not discounting you know, the devil's activity, I still remove myself from the equation and I'm still a victim. I still can't do anything to, to change or improve my life. When I go back to the Word, He says, you choose. He did. He put it in my hands. Therefore, I do not want to take uh, the position that I'm not responsible. Listen, someone said, well, I feel bad then. There's blood. <laughs> Remember Jesus? Acknowledging failure or even if I don't know why, acknowledging that I'm part of the equation allows me to access His grace, His forgiveness, His ability to lift me out. Watch. His ability to to help me see why or what decision I needed to make different. How many know that's a big part of a lot of this? Uh, there are people, um, I'll just say this and we'll come back to this later, but there are people choosing death but not being fully aware that the decisions they're making are choosing death. They think, I didn't choose this. Yes, you did. Say, well, that's kind of cruel. No, you have to. I have to accept that premise or I become powerless. And God did not intend for us to be powerless in life. We are supposed to intentionally take what He says, believe it, live our lives by it, and it works. But if I take the other approach then, that gets thrown out of the window. Let's look at one more scripture in closing today. Joshua 24 Joshua chapter 24. Understanding that these things are up to me. That I can literally choose blessing and life in my life. And it works. Sets the stage for me having and living and overcoming life. But if I don't acknowledge that basic principle, again, it my ability to resist the devil, to have faith in God's blessing, uh, to fight back against junk is totally removed. Joshua chapter 24 and uh, verse 15. 24, 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, 
choose for yourselves. See that language? Choose for yourselves. Do you know that the Lord has placed everything before us as a choice? And have you ever tried to shove uh, salvation down someone's throat? <laughs> I mean, you wanted them to get saved so bad. It was a friend or family member. You tried to make them get saved. That didn't work, did it? <laughs> it's because the very nature of the gospel is you can't force it upon someone. And the truth is, God doesn't force it upon someone either. He doesn't choose someone. I mean, if he did, he'd have made you and I get saved a long time ago, right? <laughs> he, he, he doesn't force it down someone's throat, but he presents it and says, this is who I am. This is my love. This is what I've done for you. Choose. You can't make people accept. You can't make people get saved. But the Lord gives us a choice. And here he's telling them, choose for yourselves this day who, whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made a choice, didn't he? He said, in this house, this is what we're going to do. In my home, this is who's Lord. This is who's God. We are going to serve the Lord. And how many understand that decision right there is a decision of choosing life? That's a life and a blessing choice that every one of us should make. But how many know it's up to us? Make that decision if you haven't already. Let's start at the very foundation. I choose to serve the Lord in my life. He's going to be the one that calls the shots. He's going to be the one that I listen to. He's going to be the one that I serve. Not serving myself or any material God or any other God. I'm going to serve the Lord in, the, in my house. Amen. Don't put all your focus on something, on why something happened or why something didn't happen, let's focus on the next choice. What will you do now? We all have questions about things in the past, things we didn't understand why they happened. And Let's focus on today. Where are we going from here? What choices am I going to make today? And if you've chosen wrong in the past, you can still choose right today. Amen. You absolutely can. It's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going. And the Lord has placed some things before us. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to help you to understand these things further. And over the next few weeks, this is not a one-shot event, all right? You, leave, if you don't come back, you're, you're toast. Uh, <laughs> now, hopefully not. But, you know, I, I'm just introducing. And if I've raised some questions in your mind, that was my intention, all right? I want you to study and think and pray and, and look in the Word of God and find answers. And if you, ha you, you, if you come up with illustrations in your mind of things in your life and you say, oh, I didn't choose that, good, then I've done my job. Because you have to answer this question. If you have things you don't know about, you don't understand, good, good. The Lord's going to help us to grow and to walk in this, in this stuff and to come out on top and know and know how to access life and blessing. If it's really there, if it's really before me, I want to know how to access it. I want to know what decisions in my life are kind of like sub-decisions, you know, decisions that I don't think directly relate, but I find out if I could step back and look from a bird's eye view, I see all the decisions I make, and that's why I ended up with life or, or death, blessing or cursing. Amen. Oh, good. I got you thinking. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we've had together. We believe that you're at work in us. We believe that you're showing us and teaching us and giving us understanding of your will and of your ways. 
Lord, thank you for enlightening the eyes of our understanding today. We purpose in our hearts to choose life and blessing. And we believe that you're leading us into this and directing our steps. Thank you for your help. Father, I pray today for every person, everyone who's come to church today that's never been saved.